It is the distant future, the year 2000. We are robots. The year sees new releases from Frankenstein's Jukebox alums, Blink-182, They Might Be Giants, Mountain Goats, OK Go, Tegan and Sarah, Peter Gabriel, Bright Eyes, Against Me, Bright Eyes, Thrice, Alkaline Trio, Sum 41, and Alkaline Trio. It's either the last year of the second millennium or the first year of the third, depending on whether you want to be right or wrong, respectively. For strictly political reasons, the name Chad plummets in popularity, I would assume. And most importantly, it began the period of time where New Year's glasses, made from the year that it was becoming, actually functioned as glasses. It marked the end of the MLB on NBC for the first time since 1947, and it came back this year in 2022. The end of Saved by the Bell TV shows for the first time since 1987, and the end of Boy Meets World. Listen to The Lost Years on the Scavengers Network. But it marked the beginning of Caillou, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Survivor, CSI, Big Brother, the US version. People saying, I got a fever and the only cure is more cowbell. Dick Clark's primetime New Year's Rockin' Eve and Dora the Explorer. Mm. So I guess, kind of a mixed bag? Now, James and Daniel are going to try to take two songs from this year of all the checks in our parents' checkbooks that said 19 blank not being nearly as convenient and try to combine them harmoniously into a what? That's right, a song promise. Una song promisa. Muy bien. Esta es la máquina de discos de Frankenstein. Everyone who's listening, uh, the temptation to try and do this in an approximation of bilingual is strong, but uh, avoidable because I don't have that linguality. It's me, James Anderson, one of your hosts from Frankenstein's Jukebox, and with me is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hi, James. It's the year 2000. It is the year 2000. (laughs) In the year 2000. We'll do a podcast that's going backwards in time while also we go forwards in time about putting two songs together and taking songs apart. In the year 2000! <laughs> Conan was always on too late for me to watch it. Uh, um, <laughs> new references. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, we are in the last or first year of the two XXX years, and it is time to talk about our lives back then, Daniel. Yes, indeed. What was it like being alive in the year 2000? Oh, man. Uh, Let me try and remember. So I would have been finishing up sixth grade, starting seventh grade in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was middle school, so fairly filled with needless angst. Mm. Uh, I remember getting into a lot of fights with my sisters over dumb things. I don't remember Mm -hmm. any of the dumb things. I just remember looking back that they were dumb. Right. I was playing trombone at the time. Mm -hmm. That's about it. (laughs) 
that's hey, that's I I honestly it's not for nothing. Yeah, can't tell you a, a whole lot else that I remember uh, specifically that I know happened in two thousand. Hmm. Um, other than the like, turns out Y two K wasn't a concern, right? Thing, right? It and it it was right. The, it that thing during the COVID times that it was like it was a concern. We just fixed the problem before it was a concern. Is that is right? The thing. Yeah. Right. That's, okay. That's definitely right. what I meant. Was that it? It didn't turn out to be right. a disaster. Right. Right. Yes. Because. Right. It was addressed before it turned into a disaster. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, that, let's see, 2000, I started junior year of high school. I started the year in the second part of my junior year of high school, and I finished the year in the first part of my senior year because school calendars and actual calendars are backwards or shifted, I guess. Um, and so I would have, 2000, I was 17. So driving, probably 2000, I was probably uh, working at Zany Brainy, a toy store, educational toy store. I remember Zany Brainies. Yeah, always trying to sneak uh, the Muppet movie on the television and the Muppets from Space soundtrack on the overheads. Mm, Muppets from Space. One of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Also, just one of the greatest Muppet movies of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Muppets from Space is it? You it answered the question: What if there was a? What if they made the Muppet movie here in 1999? And it was all the things. It was like, hey, and there's the Dawson's Creek kids randomly at this beach party. Yep, yep, as you'd expect. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, crushing on people, just some high school stuff. Just oh, for sure. No, nothing happening there, really. But uh, yeah, so pretty much just doing some, probably uh, church involved in like youth group and stuff with my friend Lisa and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it was uh, it was a weird time because there was all that stuff with like now we're in a different century, we're in a different well, we're almost in a new millennium, and <laughs> um, you know Backstreet Boys and Will Smith were releasing you know Millennium and Willennium so mm-hmm. it, respectively and stuff. But mostly it was just about sort of, um, you know, instant messenger and stuff. Yeah. So it's weird to watch technology uh, get sucked back into the ether as we do this show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Like, I probably used Amazon for the first time maybe in the next couple of episodes. My grandma gave me a gift certificate and was like, anything you want. It was a bookstore back then, so it was any book you want. Yep. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> like, what, what, how do I tell what I want? Actually, how do I tell what I want is, oof, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a big, big thing. Um, that's a big Not question. just for Amazon that's orders. That's a lot to unpack. Um, for sure. And, and, but you know what's not a lot to unpack? Amazon's cheap and efficient uh, packaging. That's right. This episode is sponsored by no one. Right. Yes. Our, us. The people talking to you. That's right. Investing our time and energy. Yeah. Yeah. What what a weird passive-aggressive turn this took, uh, James. So let's get back on track. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Jamesford. <laughs> uh, I don't have any uh, sort of journal stuff anymore. I believe I got my first journal in the be- at uh, for Christmas 2000. 
but I didn't start writing it until January 2001. So fair. Uh, there's no re- read you loud and clear is 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 dead until I go dig out my like elementary school journals, which will be fun in the mid 90s to be like, hey, anyways, bye. Yeah. And stuff like that. So that's all I wrote letters at the time too, just lovely correspondent. Um, so that means I think maybe we should do some honorable monsters I before think we get into our stuff. We should do some honorable. Let's monsters. Let's do it. Let's honor some monsters. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't up to snuff. It's just that we didn't pick them. First up is going to be uh, Constantine by Something Corporate. Mm, okay. A, a beautiful, long piano song. Absolutely. Very, just tells a great story. My uh, brother-in-law and, and best friend introduced me to that song. He put it on a mix CD for me. It's a bold move. It's a long song. That's taking up a lot of real estate on the, on the mix CD. Yep, but uh, he also had a 20-second song that he put on that. Uh, so he knew how to balance it. He knew <laughs> he knew to play to my tastes. He, yeah, we're besties for a reason. Uh, yeah. Aww. But uh, he and I also uh, have recorded a cover of that song mm. where I've, I've, I've got harmonies going, and it's just, it's great. Let me see if he still has a copy of that. But uh, Constantine by Something Corporate. Fantastic, fantastic song. Uh, next up, I went with Jumping Bean by Tracy Bonham. Tracy Bonham, I was introduced to off of the Blue Man Group's The Complex album that they released. And we went to go see them when they were touring for it, and Tracy Bonham opened for them. One of the two was Tracy Bonham and Venus Hum opened uh, for Blue Man Group. And Tracy Bonham was amazing. Told a story about when she was in school for the violin for her like end of program concert piece, she performed right. Led Zeppelin's "Black Dog," nice. and was told, "No, you can't do that. Uh, you're Why? out of here." Uh, eh, you know, creativity. Yeah. Also, her name is Bonham. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna tell a Bonham they can't. <laughs> so she played that as well. She like she played it for us. Knocked it out of the park, and after that, we were like, "We we need to go track down some Tracy Bonham music." And got this album, and Jumping Bean is probably my favorite off of it. Once Around the Block by Badly Drawn Boy off of mm. the album Hour of Bewilderbeast. A- absolutely, like great song, good voice on the guitar to open it up to really be like, "What what is this?" That I I very much enjoyed. That is three. Moving on to uh, Misery by Green Day off of Warning. Oh, Warning. <laughs> Warning is my favorite Green Day album. Yeah, uh, that checks. Very, yeah, very <laughs> formative for a young Dan. Misery being a dark, weird song uh, in a minor key. Very formative for young Dan. <laughs> Find me a Green Day album that's most like a They Might Be Giants album. Here it is. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fair. They have said that Bob Dylan was like a huge influence for the album Warning. And Bob Dylan has also been cited as a huge influence for the Johns of They Might Be Giants. The problem with Warning is don't promote Warning with Minority. It's a great album. Yeah. 
but don't promote. I mean, don't promote stunt with one week. You're gonna sell lots of records to very disappointed listeners, and yeah. both of those albums are excellent, but they were promoted all wrong. Th- this is this is an issue that I find uh, with a lot of albums. Yeah, um, Chumbawamba's Tub Thumper. Yeah, promoting that with Tub Thumping that is nowhere near the best song on the album. The 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 singles rarely are for a lot of a lot of albums. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, sorry. The, that yeah. that will be its own bonus content episode that James and I will release at some point for the Scavengers Network Patreon. <laughs> Daniel uh, and James fix the record industry <laughs> of the late 90s. <laughs> okay, but now that you've said it, we have to do it. We each we each pick some albums. We each pick, I don't know, three albums and talk about which songs they should have promoted off of those albums instead mm. to better market those albums to their the people who would like them. Well, now we've said the thing and described the perfect concept for it. So, I mean, I guess we just have to do it. Now, now. we're going to have I mean, to like, do it. Yeah. Oh, no. Twist my arm. Talk music <laughs> with James Moore. <laughs> so, yeah, Misery uh, by Green Day off of Warning. And then uh, off of uh, Kid A, my absolute favorite Radiohead song, Optimistic. Mm-hmm. Just a really great, again, fucking weird song, which I learned how to tune down my guitar and play it on guitar, and it's uh, it's one of my favorites to play as well. It's just a damn good song. It really, really is. And if I may transition from your honorable monsters to mine via Radiohead... Not that one of my picks is Radiohead, but a story time real quick. My first experience of Kid A was optimistic. On I went to, uh, we had a Sunday night calculus study group, which was really good for me because I found out that learning by teaching uh, is how I learn best. And also on Sunday nights, the local radio station had what they called seven CD sides at seven, which didn't make any sense because CDs don't have sides, but it was a throwback from records. Yes. But what they did sometimes, it turns out, was sometimes they'd, they'd, so they'd play chunks of albums and usually it'd be the first half. This time they started with Optimistic. Mm. And I got there and, and Amber had the radio on and it was... You know, they had just started playing that song um, when I got there. So then I got I got the album, having just fallen in love with uh, the Benz and OK Computer, and that was when I learned sometimes we have to ride the wave a little bit on our on our favorite artist experimentations. But if we ride the wave correctly, like with Radiohead, it'll turn out great. And then sometimes Billy Corgan does <laughs> does stuff that. And then sometimes Billy Corgan. Smashing Pumpkins are putting out a uh, tri- a triple album. They're doing a, an Uno Dos Trace a la Green Day. Um, or Uno Dos, Uno Dos Trey, because it's a Green Day joke. But um, the first one came out. It's fine. It, anyways. Anyways, that's not... that's not Maybe that's a 2022 uh, Frankenstein's Jukebox discussion. Uh, so... I have a list of a number of things. I make a list of like 15 in case somehow you happen to hit all of mine. That's the paranoia I work with. What I'm noticing 
on a number of these is how much uh, the girl I dated, I spoke, spoke of her in 2003 with, uh, with Tracy, uh, her name was Jenna, and how influential she was on my 2000, my year 2000 honorable monsters. It's a little, it's a little wild. So I'm going to try and navigate that a little bit. Because um, you, you were talking to me before about how like, do you pick songs that you were listening to a lot then, or do you pick songs that you appreciate a lot now? And you want to, of course, sort of smash those hands together and pick the best of both worlds. But Absolutely. So, I guess we'll start with sort of maybe an obvious one. Uh, New Found Glory released their self-titled album, um, which was called New Found Glory. And there uh, is a song on it called Vegas. It's track seven. Track sevens are almost always good. And this one is no different. Uh, it's really, really, really good. Classic pop. It's it's the kind of... If you want to say, hey, James, what kind of pop punk is your sort of, um, you know, ideal pop punk? It's Hey, James. Yeah. What sort of pop punk is your sort of, you know, ideal pop punk? Uh, I would say probably uh, this whole self-titled Newfound Glory album, uh, and specifically either Better Off Dead, the first track, or Vegas, the seventh track. So the starts to the sides of the album. I'm I'm almost positive uh, that would be how that works because it's Perfect. a twelve. It is because it's a twelve-track album. So one and seven or anyways. Uh, I think that Sticks and Stones is a better t- Newfound Glory album, but. Self-titled Newfound Glory is where I cut my teeth on what kind of pop punk I like. Um, so from there, let's go... Oh, I'm going to knock this one off because uh, I'm happy that I was able to to say this. I really like this song. Get a little hipster here. I'm going to d- shift into a little hipster, uh, hipster mood here. When Teenage Dirtbag first came out in 2000, <laughs> and I was listening to the radio... In my loft bed on DC 101, the very same radio station that played the seven CD sides at seven, and Teenage Dirtbag came out. It's a brilliant song. It's a fantastic song. And I have no hate for its TikTok trendiness now or its whatever. I love that it's doing that. I can I cannot think of a better thing that could have happened in 2022 than Teenage Dirtbag rising from the grave. However, back in 2000... We were living in a much more sort of wild westy world, and there is uh, a lyric that I still sing uh, in that song that uh, not a lot of that, that is now censored on all versions of that song um, due to its maybe I'll bleep it or something. It's a uh, um, her boyfriend's a dick. Um. Oh. Yeah. Woof. Uh, so Weedus Teenage Dirtbag is an excellent single from the year two thousand. It is. Uh, unique in its field, and I think that nothing has really. People have tried to get that air, that area of like, what if Weezer but more? Like, what if more Weezer? Um, and that song is. I haven't actually listened to any other song by Weedus other than that one. I don't think and they've feel, done any other songs. I think they only exist as a band when someone <laughs> somewhere is playing that song. It. It makes me want to challenge myself to go check out that album because, yeah, we'll have to. Maybe I'll get back to you on that. Maybe I'm looking that's up a, maybe that album right now. Actually, um, yeah. I'm going to read you the track listing. Here we go. Number okay. one, Teenage Dirtbag. Number two, Teenage Dirtbag. Number three, do you guys should have seen the way that James just rolled his eyes at my dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
I appreciated it while at the same time hating it. Like, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's dip into stuff that I would find out about in college for a second. Um, no, let's not do that. Fuck that. <laughs> Stupid uh, going against myself. Uh, next up, uh, Hate to Say I Told You So by The Hives. This is my garage rock band. I was, I you know, I have nothing but affection for, well, I have... Of generalized affection for you know the strokes and and the vines and all that stuff that's all that's fine the white stripes had more longevity so i was able to sort of hang out longer on their on their ride but the hives vini vidi vini vidi vicious vini vidi vicious was my album of garage rock 2000 uh year 2000 garage rock um I thought I was going to be cool and pick not the gigantic single from the album, and yet, you know what? This song is a perfect representation of what the album is. It's the exact right song to have picked. Yeah, absolutely. This one <laughs> is the right one to the, the the right one you market with it. Do you do you like hate to say I told you so and wish it happened again in acceptably various ways? Right. Like twelve more times, buy the album. Like yeah. you are, you know what you are getting. So this isn't an album I knew about, but it is an album I discovered uh, after hearing the subsequent album. Um, the cursive album Domestica is such a good concept album that it felt almost sacrilegious to pick one song off of it because it it links together so well, and it's heartbreaking and horrifying. I mean, it's it's a Saddle Creek record. Um, from Cursive or Bright Eyes, so like, you know what you're getting into, but uh, I picked A Red So Deep um, because they there there's a little bit of um, kind of like, almost like dancey stuff, like, you know, The Faint were on Saddle Creek, so it's not that far out of left field, but there's this weird like, oh, that's a, the bridge of this is a drum machine. Okay, that'll work, fine. Um, and then finally... Yeah, let's go with this one. Uh, as you've mentioned, as we mentioned every single time we record, uh, there are a bajillion other things that we could talk about. But it wouldn't be the year 2000 if we didn't talk just for a second about Napster. And that may have Napster may have come down in 1999, but I still did... the What I'm about to talk about was a song I for sure got off of Napster, and it is uh, by A Perfect Circle. Ooh. Uh and it's from their first album, Mer de Noms, which I learned was uh, Sea of Words. Um, at the time, I was like, I know French. Uh, and the single from that was called Judith, which I still to this day maintain is um, Maynard James Keenan making a joke about a lisp. Um, and because if you say, if you replace Judith with Judas, the song tracks even better. And so that's, I think Judith is the name of his mom, though. So, like, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it works both ways. Uh, Orestes is the is the song that I picked. Uh, it is one of those that I was like, oh, I'm listening to this again. And again and again and again on, on Napster until my stepdad said that I needed to shut that down because um, of Metallica. He didn't say because of Metallica. That would be a wild thing for him to say. But he, he did. James, uh, he, James shut that yeah. down. Because of Metallica. <laughs> in this house, we listen to Lars Ulrich. Not in that way, but in the other way. Right. <laughs> 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 we, 
when Lars Ulrich speaks instead of playing his drums, you know he plays the drums, we listen. Um, but he did come in one day and I was like, do you have Napster? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, uh, get rid of that, please. Because, you know, I mean, he's a government employee. It was 2000. I get it. But yeah. Yeah, so that was there are a number of songs uh, like Real Big Fishes Sell Out. I think of as as being cut off a little bit early at the end of the song because that was what my version that I got off Napster sounded like. Nice. And now I've said Napster enough that there are people on the way to our well, my house, maybe our house. Who knows? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a, a two person house party. Um, house party being the police coming to our house. Uh, so let's move on to the main event. Where we talk about our, our actual picks for the year 2000. Yes, indeed. Daniel. James. I, I think how I'd like to do it is, what is your pick? And then let's go right into your uh, aspects. Right into the aspects. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I uh, think that'll be a good way to do it. Yeah, sure. So um, I, I had a lot to pick from. And when I was going through my picking my honorable monsters, I almost made a bunch of changes. Uh, mm. There were a bunch of times where I was like, maybe I should go with this one instead. <laughs> I will say it's not my favorite song from 2000. It's okay. just one that I really like. It's one of my favorite songs. It's probably my second favorite song by this band, which is not a band. They're very hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Same. But uh, I wound up going with Tiny Cities Made of Ashes by Modest Mouse. It's just a good song. It's a, a fun one. There's just a lot of a lot of good stuff with that song. Particularly, mm-hmm. the song has a bass hook, mm-hmm. uh, a very slide focused boom 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 yeah. boom boom. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, a it... very good bass, and it's, it, it, it's exceedingly simple for for a bass hook, but like it works. Uh, so slidey bass hook is what I have as my first aspect. Okay. My uh, second aspect is um, dichotomous harmonies, by which I mean, in this one, uh, throughout the verses, there's the singing of the lyrics, and then there's also just someone saying all of the lyrics as well. Just, uh, uh-huh. we're going down the road towards <laughs> tiny cities made of ashes. Um, the James of the studio. The James sure. of the studio. Uh, Guys, I'm just going to say them in the background. I think that'll be helpful. And then, like, you've got that calm kind of talking, and then during the during the chorus, you've got shouting. Yeah. Uh, and, like, at the very end of each verse, you've got shouting along with the singing. Yeah. And I like having that dichotomous harmony, uh, so that's, that's what I've got written down there. Perfect. Uh, and then my last one is lyrics that on the 10 don't make any sense, but when you look at them closer and like really analyze them, they still don't make any sense. Okay. I, I looked up to try to find what this song was about. Okay. And I found a bunch of think pieces. The most uh-huh. absurd one that I found being that it was about the great Gatsby, oh. uh, just making the same sort of stretches that I would make with several things when I was younger. Right. Uh, and be like, oh, well, like, this song matches up with all of this stuff from Metal, no, not Metal Gear, Twisted Metal Black, the video game. Mm-hmm. It's definitely mm-hmm. a reference to that, to this one story in it. No, it's not. 
But uh, yeah, the lyrics are just buck wild. James, yeah, what did you pick, and what are your aspects? So, Bandic Ladies is a great band, fantastic band. The best songwriting is on the album Maroon, and I have picked a song from the album Maroon because it came out in 2000. The best songwriting, okay, I'm feeling really really weird about that. Every song on Maroon has great songwriting. I feel like that most of the other songs on the other albums are really good in the 90s and, and early 2000s. Um, he said qualifying greatly. Um the loss of uh, having Stephen Page leave the band was, uh, don't get me wrong, Ed Robertson's great, and and he's a very capable songwriter, but I think Stephen Page was a better songwriter. Ed Robertson is a great Robin to Stephen Page's Batman. Yes. Nightwing he does not make. Correct. And yeah. Um, so Maroon is full of excellent songwriting, varied sounds. It feels like a focus was put on songwriting, and that's really good focus songwriting like this is is like catnip to me. Um, so the song that I picked was called Off the Hook. It is a literal deep cut um, from the second half of the album, and it I could have picked any number of songs from this album, um, various, you know, for various reasons. This one, it may be actually the most maybe on-the-nose James uh, pick now that I'm thinking about it, but we'll get into that with my aspects, I think. Um, and so now that's that's the the next things I'm going to say. Yeah. Doing great. Uh, my first one is... <laughs> next year I'm going to work on making my writing my aspects down uh, less than uh, 11, 12 months before I, I say them. Um, you know, we'll see how that changes the mood. Um, yeah. So, you know, could maybe I'll go back to it in the '80s, but um, just so many internal and external rhymes. Just so like, can yeah. you make a rhyme? Yeah, do it. Like, I was trying to track the rhyme scheme, and it's literally like a a a a b c b b b b b. Yeah, the the rhyme. The, there is no rhyme scheme. It's a yeah. rhyme. It's a convoluted rhyme plot. Exactly for sure. It it it, it really it's it's funny because it's it almost sounds like a theater game where it's like, all right, rhyme here here's you know longest rhyme wins the point and uh, but it's Ed Robertson versus himself or uh, Steve Stephen Page Steve versus Page. himself. Yeah. yeah. Although technically <laughs> the writing on Maroon was almost all of it was uh, Stephen Page and Ed Robertson working together. Right. Uh, which was not the case for most of the stuff before this. Right. Uh, but they did a lot of collaboration throughout this album, which I think is a lot of why there's so many, why the songwriting is so good, why the lyrics yeah. are so interesting, and there's a lot of really clever wordplay and really great rhyming and all right. sorts of stuff. I could go on about it. Um, but and the only F-bomb in their catalog is on this album, too. So, indeed. Um, um, and it's an ad lib, which is... Hilarious. Um, or it was written in the lyrics, and that's even funnier. So uh, the first one is r r rhyme it up, guys. Rhyme it up. Rhyme is, it up, fuzzball. Yeah. <laughs> rhyme it up, fuzzball will be the name of my, of my memoirs. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's going to be 
intolerable to read because of all the ways I commit to the bit. Um, uh, Program Drums is the next one. Okay. And I don't mean... I want to be distinct from, like, um, when we talked about, like, uh, the Mad Villain song and it's, like, made, like, a beat made from samples. Yeah. I'm talking Casio. Yeah. Like, I have a live album where uh, Tyler hits the wrong, like, program like hits the, gets go, gets the program drums going for a different song and it's really funny but it's also really interesting sort of to see like what's going on there i would like to say program drums for the verses into real drums for the chorus is is really the aspect in full if that's if that's okay. uh if that's okay and then uh third person uh no names love uh, it yeah or even you know, off the hook is in second person a lot. Yeah. Let's do second person. Let's okay. do second person. Second person, no names. You got it. <laughs> second person. So, in summary, we have uh, for lyrics, lyrics that don't make sense when you look at them initially, and then they still don't make sense, even though they kind of like the mirage clears and nope, it's still just desert sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, second person with no names and rhymes. It's rhyme time, baby. Rhyme time, prime time. Um, right. And then for music, we have a slidey bass hook. I guess, I don't know if this is other or is still in music, but dichotomous harmonies. I put that under other. Under other, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like that isn't really instrumentation, which is what I normally put under music stuff. And this is just me. Right. Yeah. Over categorizing, but uh, usually for m- music, I'm putting instrumentation specifics, lyrics, I'm putting things about specifically the words that we use, and yeah. other often goes into you know harmonies that are used or or you know vocal stylings, right? Um, along right. with anything else that could fit under other, which is you know a lot, Every, everything else. I don't think that's over categorization. I think that if I was listening to this show as just a listener and one of the hosts was kind of going willy nilly with some of the categorization and the other one reined them in to a thing that was consistent and made sense, I'd be like, good. So good job. Awesome. Very good. Um, so we've had a track that the assignment was lyrics don't make sense before. Yes. And I think I was supposed to write the lyrics for that one and, and have not, if oh, I remember correctly. Uh, well, I don't know if that's the case. I did write lyrics for it. Okay. Um, back in somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's on, yeah, it's in there somewhere. My issue was that I didn't know when I was um, done. Ah, uh, yes. You know? Okay. Um, it was for, no, that was a different thing. It was it was around the gorillas time because the stories was was a, another part where it was like I could keep this going or I could be done I'm not really sure so I just kept it going for a little bit longer than I was done because we said it should be long so I'm not sure like in my life is a song that I, no no in my you're, life the you're gonna make the same damn joke <laughs> portion control is something that. I have started to realize is like a universal problem for me that extends far beyond food Mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm either going to take none or way too much 
until something physically stops me, like I'm full or I can't think of any more rhymes or whatever. I don't want to just um, barf onto the page. Okay. You know what I mean? And I don't know how... To limit that? Yeah. Is this a thing... I feel like I lean, I go to the well of what if I wait for the music and then just write lyrics to the music a lot. But I kind of feel like maybe that might be a well that might be good to go to for this one. What do you think? I think I, I do feel like that's one that's, been, that's a well that's been used a lot. That said, I do think that since we have a hook as a focus, mm-hmm. uh, it does kind of lend itself to music first, right? Lyrics second. So, yeah, that that I can get behind. I think you're right. I did just for a second picture us doing uh, Blues Traveler's Hook in the style of Modest Mouse from 2000, and it's a choice. It would for sure be a choice. Um, that we would send to Jen and she would hate it, but in the funniest way. So we don't need to do that. Um, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Not for this song premise, but just in general. The we hug. Need to <laughs> right, just in general, just as a fun aside thing. Did you do this for a podcast? No. We just did this to torment you, Jen. Exactly. So, I mean, I think you're right. I think that the, uh, the bass hook being sort of the center is a is is for sure indicated by what we've come up with so it might make sense to have sort of a what does that hook sound like first yeah if we've got a slidey bass hook and programmed drums as really our only instrumental stuff mm-hmm. i'm i mean there's that the, the door is wide open for that mm-hmm. but i'm getting a very I don't know why I'm getting a very De La Soul feel to it, but I'm getting oh. a very, like, trying to make a De La Soul s- sound to this. All right. And he wrote down, listen to more De La Soul immediately. <laughs> like, I know some, and I get a reference, and P.O.S. has a song, but, like, I clearly need to need to immerse myself more, because uh, that's a very exciting thing you've just said. It's it's not even that Della Soul is necessarily slidey bass hooks and programmed drums. I don't right. know why I'm getting that feel, but that's just the feel I'm getting with what we have is yeah. very kind of stripped down sound. Lo lo-fi hip hop isn't the right thing because that now with like lo-fi beats now has its own right. kind of insinuation, but Well, it's like yeah, kinda like a almost like you know, you have like your roots and your Jurassic Five and your Blackalicious and sort of like a uh, tribe called Questy sort of deal where it's like yeah. kind of j- j- jazz based uh, hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Tribe called Quest might be like somewhere in between Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul is I think what I am picturing in my mind right now. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that too, and I think that could be. Honestly, I I also think that maybe those are the only instruments that we have in the song are the slidey bass hook and the drums, and that's it. 
If that's what we want to do, I would be willing to rescind the live drums on the chorus and just go like dig into the programmedness if that makes sense for the song. Okay. That can be a that can be a, a you know a bracketed optional thing. Um, we'll we'll bracket it. We'll now. see. We'll kind of see how it feels. Yeah. Um, we'll do a I'll do a program throughout the whole thing, and then kind of see if quote unquote real drums yeah. uh, is gonna fly right. better during the chorus. Right. So we just send Tracy a whole care package full of we need drums for this and this, this one and this, this one, one too and this one and can we get one on this one? This isn't even a Freju project, but it's it's the hook by Blues Traveler as if it was by, done by two thousands Modest Mouse. And she just sends one back immediately for that one. Yeah, it's like, oh, like I, I had, had this, this in my one. back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> a single plum floating in a sea of perfume served in a man's hat. All right, here you go. That was a li- that one's a a, list- a a thinker for you listeners or a listener for you thinkers one or the other a little bit of both a little both, yeah. bit of both a linker for you listeners so linker for you listeners is pretty good yeah hey didn't uh, song promisa sound like a correct translation of it Sancto really Rose? did it really did <laughs> that was very good <laughs> I was thoroughly uh. impressed. <laughs> I was in, you know, I I show Lila refs. She shows me how to be, uh, you know, incredibly extra with my writing assignments. So, translated into Spanish. Took that note. Took that aspect from her writing and, and worked it into my own. Love it. Uh, um. Okay. So, I mean, how are we feeling? I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good too. I'm. I think we've got something really good here. I think so, too. I think this will provide lots of opportunities for me to do nonsensical... You rhymed that with all the words that rhyme with that sort of stuff, which is, you know, my dream. And uh, I think that it'll be cool to have, you know, you got some bass playing in your future, which is always something that I look forward to. Always something I look forward to. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I think, I mean, sometimes it just comes easy, I feel like. Yep. Yeah. This one, pretty smooth. Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, that is, I think, going to do it. We're going to um, wrap things up here. And and you know what? For the year. Yep. I'm going to wrap things up for the year. Um, so just before we get into any social media or whatever... Um, if for whatever reason, you know, you started listening with Tracy or Colin or whatever, and you, you know, you haven't heard us wrap up a year before, how we do it is this is coming out second Wednesday of December. And then the next episode, which will be about the year 2022, will come out on the second Wednesday of February. Uh, we take the month of January off. We call it for January. Fra, fra January. Fra January. Yep. Fra January is how right. I pronounce it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but everyone everyone says F R A J U differently. I right. say Fraju. Some people say Fraju. Some people say Fraja. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some you know the French just go Fraj. Fraj. Yeah, they try and make it sound like the word French, and it's just like, come on, your branding has to stop somewhere. And they're like, no. And I'm no. like, all right, fair enough. 
Commit to the how you say bit. All right, so um, th- that is Don't say B. <laughs> Come to the B for the, all the MCs. Okay, that's not. We'll, we'll write it later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, if you would like to follow us on in the year 2022 and uh, and backwards a little bit, there was a, a website called Twitter. I don't know when you're listening to this, and I don't know what the status of the website currently is. I can only hope that Patton Oswald storms the castle and takes over. I don't know. Who knows what 2023 holds? Who knows? If Twitter is still extant and isn't like a like a a hub for like, let's say hate groups, so we don't have to say any words that we don't want to have said out of our mouths. Yeah. Um, then we're on Twitter at Frank's Jukebox and our Scavengers Network, which is the network we're on. It's our Scavengers Network, but it's also yours, is at Scavengers Net. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Unabashed James and uh, Instagram at James80D, I think. Yep, that's so, it. Perfect. That's a reference to a band called ADD that I was going to start when I didn't. Is more of a joke than it appears to be now. Daniel, where can you be found on social medias? Uh, right now, it can be found on Twitter at Dantendo64. Um, probably going to be able to find me on Mastodon at Dantendo64. And I don't know, maybe Hive at Dantendo64. Basically, anywhere that you can find... Uh, an account at Dantendo64, that's probably going to be me. Any social media apps that are named after bands that I've listened to in the 2000s or yep. late 90s? Mastodon um, or the Hive, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every time Mastodon has come up, I'm like, boy, that metal band is sure getting some... Pro- oh, right, it's the social media thing. Yeah. Re- Re- <laughs> Renee, Renee from Fable Maidens is tweeting about Mastodon... Oh, right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been cracking me up too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think of the animal though, and that's—I guess—that's kind of sad. Yeah. One day people won't be referring to us, but we'll be in fact referring to the metal bands that have named themselves after us instead of us, and that'll be our comeuppance. So, on that note, uh, thank you all for listening, Daniel. Thank you for uh, being my co-host and my. Uh, the bass hook to my frenetic nonsensical lyrics. Oof, that that was too. That actually makes way too much sense to not be a true thing that I've just said. Uh, thank you so much for for co-hosting this this show with me, Daniel. I love it every single time we record. So do I. Thank you so much for doing this show, listener. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, we always say at the end of the episodes, "We'll see you last year." But we'll also see you last decade. Yeah. And we won't see you last millennium because that was last week. I'm just saying there's no year zero. That's all I'm saying. That's that's it. I got, I, you know, decade changes. Although technically our next episode, we will be seeing them this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> see you this year. <laughs> see, you, see you the year that we're currently in. But next year, year when we're talking about it. See you next year when we're talking about this year as we'll be referring to it as last, last year, year, but we'll actually mean last year. See you when this year is last year. That might be the one that I keep. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Are you a fan of Boy Meets World? Do you enjoy rewatch podcasts? Well, then you should check out The Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast hosted by me, Tay. And me, Sid. It's my favorite show of all time. And I've never seen it. Each week, we're recapping a new episode of Boy Meets World, sharing bits of nostalgia and learning a wholesome lesson. Join us on our rewatch journey, won't you? School's in session every Tuesday, wherever you find your podcasts. What else do you need to know?